Hello everyone, I'm Latara and welcome to Spiritually Woke, a place where we want to connect with others and empower you to be your best self. Yes, welcome, welcome. We are here to share our stories and validate yours. By the way, my name's Anna. We are so excited that you're here with us and are you ready to be spiritually woke? Let's get woke. Hello everyone. Today we are talking about emotional immaturity. Emotional immaturity, y'all. Yeah. I don't know why I just said y'all. Um, emotional immaturity is a tendency. This is the textbook definition. Miriam Webster. A tendency to express emotions without restraint or disproportionately to the situation. Yeah, that sounds very complicated. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> I don't know. Emotional immaturity, what is it to you? Uh, grown up, not dealing with things in a mature way. Yeah. <clears throat> but like things being emotions. Yeah, the emotion part is a little bit more complicated because I think emotional, you just think you kind of get it as you get older, but no, just from what I've learned like and read, it's not. When they say time heals all or it's all, you'll, you know, you'll get it from the experiences. No, that does not apply to everyone because everyone doesn't see everything in the actual reality that it is. I think the most complex, like for me, I think the immaturity part of it, I think I was not able to deal with things in a, an emotional way and a proper way as a child. So the way that perhaps my parents tried to teach us, uh, did make me aware you? that I was not <clears throat> emotionally mature you, as an adult your emotional needs as a child were not met that's right because they were always said uh don't worry about it or you so, were just or pushed, it, pushed it away you needed that affection and that validation that you know that was when okay. we don't do it that way then when we get older we find out that we're unemotionally immature mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and we will add a link so that you can assess your emotional immaturity or whoever you're in a relationship with emotional immaturity in mm -hmm. the show notes mm -hmm. because we have recently read the book adult children of emotionally immature parents by Lindsay C. Gibson. Yes. It's a really good book. I haven't finished it, but pretty interesting from what I've read. It's up very now. interesting. Like I cried so many times reading it because like, especially in the past few years, I <clears throat> have accepted the reality of my childhood and I still have not but prior to that I didn't because I wasn't allowed to have negative feelings towards my parents well they were you were just told to do what they wanted you to do right and if they made a mistake or made me feel you know any type of way it was blamed on me mm -hmm. it was put back on me my the, feelings the one, never mattered the one part that I did read that I kind of got to me was I Somewhere along the line for me, I think uh, whatever happened in my story um, gave me such little empathy for myself. Yep. 100%. Because your parents weren't acknowledging that your emotional needs had to be met and that they should have been taken care of. Yeah. 
And so what do you get from that as a child? Like you're not going to say, oh, my parents are emotionally immature. Let me just find a confidant <laughs> so that think. I can lean on. They probably didn't even have this book back in the day. Either. No, they probably didn't even know. They were like, emotion, what's that? But like you did that to yourself because your emotions were not met so many times that in reality you were like, well, like it doesn't really matter. Well, it then. goes like, back to everybody's is. story, right? Like exactly, because your, your parents pass that start. on to you right. because guess what? Generational trauma. Mm-hmm. that's the basis of so many things i know because in this. reading that there was that one part that was like literally emotional needs have to be met yes like in daily life but in reality like emotional needs and like affection and closeness are in our dna dating back to like the cavemen mm-hmm. who like stayed in a group and stayed close together so that they wouldn't die right Right? Yeah. So that feeling that we have to be close to someone and have those, you know, like intimate moments. It's funny that you're saying that because now that I think about it, the only type of intimacy that our my parents ever uh, made or what was okay, acceptable. Okay, intimacy is like, is that the right word? Like, I feel weird saying that about parents. Well. Like intimacy. like Well, intimacy means uh, touching. Like closeness? Like, yeah, like love. Okay, let's just say right? affection. Okay, affection. Okay. So, but going back to it, like the only time that we were taught or to do that was pretty much like when you got married and you got a family, like there was no, a funeral, there was no affection walking into someone's house. It was like, give them a kiss on the cheek. So like, also like your body, you had no body autonomy, which means I know you're not going to understand that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like your choices regarding your body were not your choices. Like you just had to do whatever you wanted, whatever your parents told you to do and demanded. Like I used to hate going to Auntie Maria's house and like her ex-husband would bite my cheeks. And like, then my dad would be like, give him a kiss on the cheek. That dark soul. I would be like, I don't want to freaking. That was just you as a, child already i don't want i don't want him around me what a son of a bitch he literally was just so frustrating and And like he was so touchy feeling too like like, he's so annoying don't i don't want to like you know what i even vivo like vivo was like she would have like so many hairs and i remember my dad would be like give her a kiss i don't know like man like i don't really want to but it was like you had no choice being hairy back in the day yeah she had whiskers but it was like, you literally had no choice. That's what body autonomy is. It's like, I don't want to do that. But like, you had to. Yeah, but that, well, in our upbringing, it's just like, uh, when you walk in, you have to, you say in Portuguese, you would say, ma bans, which I is kind of like a blessing, you know, and they need to give you a blessing. Too bad COVID didn't in. come out back then. Because I would be like, oh, sorry, can't COVID. Yeah, but that, Six feet. That, that's like... Uh, that was just that's like more like my style thing. like unless i get to know you and i like you like i did not like so many people that yeah. i was forced to like give them a freaking kiss and i'm like mm. yeah but that like you know i get it if you're brought up in it but then that when you grow up because you're brought up in it it makes you think like I just have to do whatever. That's just like, so, like showing respect. There's a lot of people. people though that probably grow up and their husband demands sex from them or the wife demands sex from the husband. I don't know. 
maybe. Amber Heard. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, like, they just give in because they think, like, oh, I better do it because of shit like that. There's no body autonomy when you're brought up like that. It's like, okay, well, they want it. So, like, I guess I have to do what they say. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't I don't really agree with you with that because I just, I just look at the fact that that was a, like, a respect. You walk into somebody's house, you give them but a kiss. You, that, no, it's not a respect thing to the person. Like, you should be respecting your child. Like, no, I'll but, say to my kids, yeah, like, if not, they don't want to give someone a hug. They're, they're, they're hurting you in a bad way. They're not being aggressive. They're not saying, you come here and give me a French kiss. You know, it's not yeah, like they're not doing that. By doing that, you're kind of setting it up. Uh, no, it, well, it depends if it's your day in, your day out. But at the same time, you were also raised by your mom, which you weren't accustomed if to I that all If I asked any time. one of your kids if they loved freaking kissing every single family member every time we walked into their house, do you think that they'd be like, I sure did loved every second of that no but they don't my kids they 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 grew up like that though so to them it's that's going to seem normal to them it's not normal when like you don't like who you're don't like who someone's forcing you to do that but again you were you weren't around that all the time if you're around that all the time, and that, and that makes it even that worse. Because I wasn't around certain people a lot of the time, yeah, but you and can't I still didn't away. like them. That's that, like custom wise. Like I, do I understand why I would say, you know, Tia Bessa, but it was just like a respect that I said, you know, bless me to my aunt. That's just okay, how I, get, I was I'm brought just up. Saying, right, you're taking away the choice. I'm not. Well, it's because that's it's the way like I was your raised, feelings. So my like, feelings didn't matter. I didn't want to freaking kiss this man that bothered me. That I didn't, like, ugh. Just skeeved me out. I didn't want to freaking kiss him. And I was forced to. Well, Because it's a respect thing? No. Nikah. That means... Well, but I... Don't want to. I think you're actually... I think it's, like, you're making... We're we're talking... I'm talking about you walking into their house and just saying, you know, hello or respect. Cool, yeah, I'll say that. But I don't think... I think... That dark soul. We're not going to mention his Voldemort. Name. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it went beyond the greeting part. Oh, it was probably exactly. like in my intuition saying that's like, and guess that, what, guys. Like I think it was danger. Just, it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> so and that I think the greeting part was not even that. But that's I, what I'm saying. I didn't I have the choice to say no. And then instinctively, I felt like this is not right. I don't like him. I had no problem doing it with everyone else, even though Vavor had whiskers and, you know, who knows the last time she brushed <laughs> her teeth. But I still would kiss her because it's my grandma. But, yeah. like, with people who I was, like, I just felt that instinctive need, like, oh, hell no. And it was, like, it was just forced. I was, like, now I look back and I'm, like, But he, he also was very, very... Um, he was just too, too touchy-feeling for me. I, yeah. I used to get like, like that. Like that weird Even uncle. though like he loved my daughter, Brianna, I just, I could tell when he made her uncomfortable. Oh, because you were emotionally mature. Right. That's a huge sign and of being emotionally Andrea mature. And knew herself. Yeah. Because uh, she would try to. That's a huge thing is the yeah. fact that you can see like someone's you have that much empathy that you can literally see 
someone's demeanor change and think, yeah. oh my gosh, what is going on with their yeah. emotions? Yeah, exactly. That is a huge thing because honestly, a lot of people don't have that. Oh, well, we're fortunate. I know. We're ve- I'm very thankful for that. And I think it's because you learned how to validate yourself. I think, uh, yeah. That's I think that's thing. why yeah. you're different than some other people in your family is because you learned how to validate yourself well, and kind of know your self-worth. But see, that that kind of strange to me because if you don't validate yourself, who's going to validate you? The world. But Look at all the people who feed off of the attention. You're going to rely on the world to validate you. Yeah. Um, Look at social media. It's a prime example of if something's not going on in your life, well, there's this whole world in your hand that if you post a freaking picture and a lot of people do this, men and women post thirst traps. I know. I can't when they're imagine. in that attention, oh, I need attention. I'm going to post a thirst trap. Oh, look, I'm getting like all these likes and all these comments. Yeah. Like, no. I know. That's the, We see that in real life every day with with certain people in our lives. I know. It's this constant need for attention and outside validation. And that's one of the reasons why we love having this podcast and this Mm -hmm. way to speak about these things. Because, like, yes, outside validation is great as as an added bonus. But I think it's important, too, to also say who who do we perceive ourselves to be and who do you know yourself to be? Who are you? Because... You know, when we're on camera or yada, yada, you have a mask. But who are you really, truly? Do you yeah. know yourself? Mm-hmm. That's a really, really important. When you're by yourself mm-hmm. and you have, you know, your own thoughts. And are you okay to be in your own thoughts? I, that's exactly it. It's like the same thing that we spoke about before. It's like when people don't like to be alone, like we get weirded out. We're like, mm, you're weird. <laughs> Like, leave me alone. Like, I've had a binging. I've had a day. Like, I'm going, I'm going to be alone. That's my quiet time. I love being alone. Unless I'm listening, unless I just recently listened to a true crime podcast. Like, Uh, yeah. I get nervous. Like, what's his name when you came to pull that prank on me? And I was watching that show. Oh my God, that freaking piece of trash from Ottawa. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Russell Williams. Russell, yeah. Is it Russell Williams? Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, he was a bad guy. Yeah, he was a bad guy. And I was just watching that that and night. We, we came on. It was Devil's Night. Me. We had to prank you. Oh, yeah. We put like, the, we're sick. I had my phone like connected to her TV and she, we put like screaming girl on the TV. And then we put, I had a. <laughs> I have kids. I was I not mature enough <laughs> emotionally. I had a, to a baby in the back of the van. I wrapped it up. Like we're knocking on the door. And like if you watched any of it, he was the peeping tom. So what the hell? That's happening. I'm by myself. And <laughs> it was she's dark. doing it was this shit on night. Me. Yeah, I wanted to kill her. Yeah. Uh, anyways. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a relationship where you didn't feel your emotions were met with empathy? Always. With whom? Um, my ex. And? Um, a lot of my family. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My kids. Yeah. Um... 
I think too, I think for when you, when people perceive you as a strong person, Mm -hmm. they actually don't think that you, um, just not that you do, you don't deserve empathy, but they just, I think people perceive you like you don't need empathy. Yeah. But I also think that you put that out into the universe. Well, well, maybe, maybe. I think you, I think you did because Auntie Maria was your, you know, confidant, your best friend, your person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when she passed, I think that maybe it was just hard for you to let your walls down and you kind of just built them up so that like you were your only person I was, that you yeah. needed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, I lost, uh, you know, she was one of my biggest supporters and one of my biggest, she was my confidant yeah. in everything. So it's, uh, she was always the one that never let me down. So when she passed, mm-hmm. I figured I'm not going to let anybody else let me down mm-hmm. because I just needed to go into survivor mode because she, I mean, if I could survive her, I could survive anything. That's the way I used to think in my brain. Survive losing her. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if, uh, cause she was the most important person in my life. Yep. Other than my kids, of course, but, um, but Anna, we're all human. I know, but we all have emotional needs that have to be met and validated. And you cut yourself off from that. It was like, you were so, it was that familiarity probably from your childhood. Well, here we are again. And you know, I put my, I put all my things out with her and now I've lost her. So now I'm going to go back to that familiarity of me cutting myself off. Yeah. But at the same time I lost her then, you know, lost Trish. Right. So, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, she was, uh, you know, even though we butted heads and all that stuff, she was also that person that knew, knew everything about me. No judgment ever from Trish. No, no. Like she was the best. Yeah. She just, she just, to me, anyways, like I knew, Tr- I think I knew Trish a little bit more differently than the rest of the world perceived mm-hmm. her. Um, so we used to have a lot of intimate conversations. Um, but, you know, that was like a double whammy, too. So it was like, yeah. man, again, fuck yeah. this shit. I'm not doing this again. I know. So it how, it's how do you survive? having such people close to you. Well, you survive it regardless of whether or not you're cognizant of what it's doing to you. I think it's how you process after the fact because you survive the day that they go right away. You're here, but like to pull yourself out of that and start thriving in your life again. And like, even though someone that meant the world to you is gone, that really shows the characteristics of a person. You know, I think, yeah, And I think for me, like the biggest thing is, you know, having that happen to, to myself and then passing and then looking at the rest of the people that were around that. And I just, it's hard for me to understand how some people just move on so quickly from such a tragedy that happened. Some people have to. But that's that. That's where I, I get confused this in my is head. The outside validation that we're speaking about is that some people cannot process things themselves, 
And so it's like almost like like with my grandpa when my grandma passed away and my grandma mm-hmm. literally wrote to him in a letter and said, I know that you will need a companion. Like, I know that you, you but know, you see your grandmother already knew your grandfather. But exactly. That's weird. eh? She knew she knew it. Yeah. And what happened is, you know, not even a year. He had already found someone and it was just like. <clears throat> so maybe your grandpa wasn't the man that you guys all had. Well, and that was a of. very hard conclusion to come to. Because he was, oh, like, I idolized him. I remember. Oh, my gosh. That was, like, that's, it's just a hard reality to accept is, like, wow. Like, my grandma made you the man that you were. And, yeah. like, he got rid of all her stuff so fast. Like, he didn't want any reminders of her. And it was just, like, But, you know, what? that's really strange. Because, you know, you know, I watch all the crime shows. <laughs> And I don't know, like, because he's an emotionally immature human being. That's why he didn't want to be reminded. He literally sat in his house and he would just listen to like songs that reminded him of her on repeat and cry. Mm -hmm. And he did that for like, okay, for weeks. So he did that. And he had to like have all of us go there and just have everything. Like we all went through things and took whatever we wanted, but it, it was just like, you don't want something? Right. I don't get that. Like, what? He dropped all these pictures and albums and everything off at my uncle's house. And I was just like, what? Like, not even a picture? Like, Yeah, I don't get that. Because, I don't know, for me, I think that when you have had such a deep connection with somebody on this planet... Yeah. How do you not want to But have was it deep? Type? Because he's so emotional. From what I see now, as I accept the reality as it is, he's so emotionally immature. He was definitely stunted in his emotional growth. Because you can yeah, take a horse to water. was more so with your grandmother most of his life. I'm too, sure. Right? He, he was a good person because of her. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So, so it's she like, made him better. usually when the woman goes before the man, like, all hell breaks loose and that was clear also they do say like if if uh if you've had a good relationship in your marriage Mm -hmm. and say that person passes um more than likely that person's going to move on quickly because they have this picture of such a good okay but the person that he moved on with hail to the not to the na 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 well from what we know uh they usually don't make a better choice like don't I can't that's such a like downgrade but I think you're I don't I think it goes beyond I think sometimes they just look for that companionship he just needed someone to fill space because he didn't know in reality I honestly think he just needed someone to fill space probably I really do I don't I think he was a very codependent person looking at it now maybe most men are like that a hundred percent I can guarantee you that most men like would not know what to do without the right partner in their life or without the partner that they have in their life. If they have a good partner and that you guys are building each other up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they, I don't think so. Well, I think unless their mother is around, then their mother (laughs) comes in. You know what I mean? Like if, if something happens and the partner goes like it takes a, uh, like really, strong person to take both roles on themselves i mean his kids were grown and older but it's like you could have at least like 
shared stories with us of grandma and like I would have loved to have been able to talk to him but it was like he doesn't ever want to talk about it and like that's weird though grow up I always thought they had, I love like, like I, they did and that's the thing that's so frustrating is like I spent so many summers with them literally playing cards like till the freaking break of dawn like they both had me all the time like yeah. I was you know the only grandchild for so long and my gosh like the people that I knew are not the person who my grandpa is now like that's what I mean so who does does a person become who you're with yeah I think it's like mirroring that's crazy to me I feel like Like how he was who he was because my grandma like kept him in line like I swear I've had to come to those conclusions on my own and I'm just like but how can you like be okay with yourself because they're through life emotionally being somebody immature. that somebody else wants you're not even you're not even being true to yourself that's, he is being true to himself though is in he? his own reality but that's denial i that's emotionally mature man deny Be, they, they're not denying it they just are not in that reality because something inside you keeps saying something's not right something's exactly. not right so but no not with people like this. Not with people who are emotionally immature. They have a different set of characteristics. Clearly, because I seriously don't have those. Like rigid, single-minded, need to control through guilt or shame, low stress tolerance, trouble admitting mistakes, blaming others, overreacting, can't regulate their emotions, expecting other people to soothe them by giving in to what they want. So how did they fix this? Well... We all have our cringe moments, right? That we look back on and think, what the fuck? But if they don't have the capability of acknowledging that this is a problem, how do they fix it? Oh my God. Exactly. So if you don't realize you have this issue, you never fix it. Exactly. (gasps) That's why you say experiences. Oh, people will get it from experience. I'm like, no, that's not true. Because then everyone would be fucking normal. (laughs) That would be a Right? Like, I mean, not normal, but like everyone would be thinking logically yeah yeah you know and open-minded and realizing oh shoot i have made mistakes i'm, I'm so sorry that maybe, i made you feel that way maybe becoming i think through pain and hurt teaches you a lot because i think mm, i think it can but i think that there's certain people that they don't even take those experiences and use them for good i think they take them and use them to be a victim Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like in yeah. situations with multiple Like how do you people? know when to, what the difference is, is okay, because we all, we all play a victim. We're all victims at some point yes, of our lives, exactly, right? Yes. But at what point do you say, okay, I'm, I'm, I've already given this to myself. I know I was the victim, but now how do I persevere from that? I don't, I, honestly, I don't know. It or just, do people, or do some people just stay yeah, some people don't. just stay because it's it's uncomfortable to think about changing. Like, if you think about when you have a conversation with someone who's emotionally immature or who's like a narcissist or, you know, something. Yeah, but without change. And you say, you hurt be... me, and they put it back on you. Right, right. Well, I did that because you did this, and I don't know what you're doing right now. Like, they put it back on you. They gaslight you into thinking you're wrong. Like, mm-hmm. they are not in reality. Right. Well, because they're so always looking to how can they change when their reality is that they are freaking almighty? 
And it's everyone else who's in the wrong. You, you can't change when you think like that. You have to stop no. blaming others and look at, oh, what was my role in this? And I think that's the start of everything is how yeah. and what was my role in that. And like, I, I think I, a lot I can't, of us do that maybe. I can't even imagine like how as young children we go through life. Like some of us have to be raised by emotionally immature or narcissistic or sociopathic or just assholes in general. Mm -hmm. Alcoholics who self-soothe to cover any of the above listed. But like as a young child, you're literally a ball of raw emotion. I know. So how, like how do, like how do you deal with a ball of raw, raw emotion when like you don't even have your own shit in check? That's what made me freaking get on this path because I'm like, damn, like I'm not well. Like I, my shit's not together. I don't know. Like I just, you know, that initial feeling of like, but I think the the one thing, the good thing about you is that you're eager to learn and you want to learn and you're like a fountain of like knowledge. Mm. You like, no, you don't, don't. I'm like a fountain of knowledge. Well, okay. Okay. The half fountain. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you always want to learn. And I think to me, like you, just wanting to learn. Yeah. That is. But that's not that's even enough. it. It's that's... the realization. It's that self-awareness key. Because if I wasn't self-aware enough to say, oh, damn, I don't like the way I'm I'm feeling after I, you know, freak out on my kids or I don't like the way I'm feeling after I freak out on Phil or that certain situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would I have changed? I would have just kept thinking, damn, these kids are so friggin' annoying and bad. <laughs> yeah, Let's get it from their daddy. You, <laughs> well, it's always easier to blame the daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but if I didn't have that self-realization, like, Yeah, oh, but I hey. think it all depends on who you have also in your life. That makes you aware. I don't know, man. Phil put me through it. Well, I think <laughs> you and Phil both did it to each other. So mine was. You guys were kids. both very immature. Yeah, we all. And I think well, most, we were seventeen. And I think most honey. relationships Thank when you. they start are immature. Obviously. Okay, so I think everybody's gonna make mistakes, and you do learn from mistakes. <laughs> I've right? never made a mistake in my life. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play the role. Let's role play. Today, I'm emotionally immature. That's fine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> we should do that one day. That would be fun. Right? Like, I, I'll behave Brianna. Oh, God. Okay, no, we're not going to go there. I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. No. She's too sensitive for that, and she's an Aries. Oh, yeah. She does not take that well at all. Yeah, Aries. Stop and... talking about her. Yeah, okay, we're not going to talk about Brianna. She doesn't, she doesn't really like opposites. She would be, she would be that child. If we played opposite games, she would be like, mom, what are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. Like, that's not right. She would argue with me. She's too much. She would argue with me about that. Okay. So what happens when we have a parent who is emotionally immature is that we start overlooking our own emotions and come to the tough realization that guess what? No one cares. Yeah, I know. And so many of us have come to this tough conclusion at a young age. And that is lonely. Yeah, that is very lonely. Yeah, and it's I, very lonely. It's funny that you 
we're talking about this because I, I haven't even really thought about those things. Like you asked me today, um, you know, how did you feel when you came here from from Portugal? I was like, excited. I was excited. Were you excited? Though? I was excited. I okay. seen all these lights in Toronto. I was just, oh my God, this is beautiful. Yeah. I'd never said it's I mean, funny that now you want to go back to an island life. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. So didn't know I how good excited, you had it. But I think as excited as I was, I think uh, the memory of and the future that it held was very disappointing very quickly. And maybe that's I don't think anyone ever talked to you about that. No. Like, did you and your siblings like have conversations like, oh, man, I wish didn't dad dad didn't like drink like that or like. I wish. Well, we didn't know that we were coming to an alcoholic. That's for sure. So uh, he we, wasn't an alcoholic before you moved. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I, I think he. He was an alcoholic. I just. Uh, we. I don't recall. That must have been like a prerequisite in Portugal back then. Well, I think that was normal for. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Yo, your Portuguese. Men. Yeah. I think that was a year. There's a bottle of wine. But mind you, you know, my dad did lose his dad at 14. So that in itself left him very unemotionally immature. Emotionally. Emotional immature. immature. So. Yeah. When uh, no one talks to you about big things that happen in your life where you feel all these big emotions and nobody shows you or like has conversations with you on how to get through these and process them. Mm -hmm. where, Where does that leave you? Like. You're so well, young. Well, he was 14. My God. I know. And you're and you're so young. Like, in, it leaves you in your head. And he was a that? bachelor. He was a bachelor for until he was 32. Like, back in the day, that didn't happen. Like, you're not a bachelor yeah. at 32. So, and you know. A little bit of a. Babu was like a pretty, pretty good looking guy there. He, so, he had his, uh, his fun, right? Mm-hmm. And then here comes your grandmother. 21. Yeah. Hello. Eight months later, I'm married. And he, all of a sudden, you know, having so much freedom, yeah, uh, became sure. tied down at 32. And it was like, what did you just do? And see, that's a reality for a lot of people, though, is like, I think. I think that people like. You I know, think my dad should have just never got married. Yeah. But that's the reality of so many people. How many times have you said that to me? I, I. I'm sorry. Uh, who your parents are? Your parents should have never had kids. <laughs> because that's a realization that it's okay to that's be a grown up and exactly, not have kids. That's why I say, like, thank goodness like that I, people nowadays are thinking, like, no, I don't want to have kids. Good for freaking you. Yeah, thank I, God. I wish more people would yeah. have actually th- thought to themselves, "Can I handle a child in my life?" Because guess what? It's the a lot reality of work. is. Most people cannot, even people that have kids sometimes mm-hmm. are like, ay, 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 I don't know how I'm doing this. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing wrong with not having kids. There's nothing wrong with getting married. No. If you don't want to get married, oh my God. you just don't. Exactly. Like, there's nothing. You're preaching the choir here, honey. Being an independent person. And I think sometimes realizing that may, whatever their story was, has led them to make this decision. Yeah. But I don't think it's anybody's. Nobody has the reason to judge anybody because they don't no, want that. No. But like, especially like being emotionally immature and parenting. Oh man, kids are dicks. Oh, I knew. Like they're the worst critics, oh. especially to their mother. Oh yeah. So imagine. When I hear like these young teenagers like praising their parents and saying this and I'm like, where the fuck my kids come from? 
Like I would, I mean, mind you, I've never heard my kids speak of me, but it's kind of different the way that they, the view, what, what do your kids say behind your back? You know, I know Lily told me the other day, she was telling Olivia that I was so bad. <laughs> Lily. Yeah. And Lily. She's like, I, but I was just so mad. And I was like, why were you mad? She's like, cause you wouldn't buy me this. Oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like that's the root of their, like, if right. that's the biggest problem you have with me, cool. We're good. Yeah. Like I'm, she I'm good with though. that. No, I know. But I'm just <laughs> saying like, I would rather her, like she feels safe enough to come and tell me that she was talking shit about me. Yo, talking shit, Lily. <laughs> you want to go? <laughs> yeah. But no, like it felt good to me that she actually like, came up to me and told me, "Yeah, I was telling Olivia about you." I was like, "That's good, though." That's I know. Good. That's what I mean. It makes me feel like okay, but gotta give myself I, a little credit here because obviously they feel safe enough to tell me that. You I know, don't know if my kids, you know, your kids are a different age than mine, of course. But I don't know if my I've always made it safe for them to tell me the truth. No, but sometimes, okay, sometimes you have been emotionally immature. Oh, no way. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, shit happens, and you had you took that on as a treat. <laughs> you did. Okay. So, like, how are your kids gonna come to you and and spill out their emotions when you never did that? Yeah, I know. I yeah. can't. We're not gonna touch that one today. <laughs> it's not there's no use in talking about that no, one today but i'm just saying no we're all we're, i know i have some work to do that's a we fact. all do um, i still have i have and, and and it's those triggers right exactly it's those triggers and that's so, where you that's how you get past being emotionally immature or you i don't like to be it. triggered though I don't think anybody no one, does. You think, oh, you think oh. I wake up in the day, I go, oh, I hope I get triggered today. I try to stay away from those triggers. But... I think I wake up, uh, oh yeah, you know, I think I'm going to go here, uh, go go see my mom and no. go see my dad. That's friggin', no, that's just hey, asking for it. If I have Nobody to wants mom, to be triggered, you need to see your cracker. Mom. You need <laughs> no, to see your mom. No, I have to go see my mom. No. This is how, okay, so by being present in the moment. Let's be present. Acknowledge your feelings. Check in with yourself and how you feel in the moment and not, not thinking about the past or like future of situations. That's very hard to do. It's so, I know. I know it's hard to I, do. I have been working on this for a long time because as we know, uh, Latara would tell you that I'm a control freak, which I don't think I am. The first steps. Admitting I have, it. I have. I like things a certain way. That's a control freak, bro. And uh, this is what I have a problem with is uh, when you, <laughs> you, not that I'm psychic or anything, but you can I mean, envision certain situations and how they're going to turn yeah, out. Yeah, but you can't. I know. And I've been working on that. I don't want to know. Let it go. Let it go. I'm trying to do that. But it's when it's so deep rooted in you that you can feel it. Take a few minutes. You gotta let it go. Take some deep breaths. And, and you gotta yourself. put the universe and the, you do not control. Yeah. The universe takes that. And be present. What is my body trying to tell me right now? Let go. 
let go. Acknowledge that this is a normal human reaction that I am having. But more importantly, what is the root of this reaction? Why are you so triggered by this situation? That's what you have to ask yourself in those moments when when you can come down. I know we have these moments where, you know, it you keep escalating. Up, 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 up. And then it's so hard to come down. But then once you do come down, it's like take like go back to that situation and think like, okay, what was it about that 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 got me so good? What triggered me about that? I want to be able to um write that ending <laughs> that's what that's about yeah but you can only write your own <laughs> i ending. know i just it's a funny it's a joke here's here i would like to but i don't because i can't you know why <laughs> here is something else that you can do about mm. emotional immaturity embrace reality yeah yeah it may seem easy right it's not it's not no because why because the brain wants to know see I think that's human in trying. That's how you try to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Even though it's wrong because you're actually giving yourself an illusion, not a fact. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's a very, very hard realization to come to. Yeah. Embracing the reality that sometimes we make situations or people into something that they're not. And And it's hard to see the reality. And you want to see yourself and you see yourself in that person. Yep. But the realization is that nobody's going to be like you. You are you. And they are totally themselves. Yeah, but denying, avoiding, complaining, or refusing to think about uncomfortable realities gives those things incredible power over life. I know. That's true too. Right? Yes. And what we want to do is take away that power. Exactly. No, we we don't want to take take away. We want to give it back. That's right. To ourself. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Like by taking ownership of the reality, you are now equipped to change it. And you're taking back your power. Exactly. So regardless, even as how, whatever situation you went through as a child, it's just acknowledging it, learning what you know, what triggered it from it and then going forward and trying to teach your kids. I think that's very important trying to mm-hmm. teach because I, I think I made some mistakes when it came to uh, that with my children that I, I will try to go forward and help them in a better way because I was not prepared for any of that. No. But knowing and having that knowledge that you can help your kids or anyone else, anyone mm-hmm. else that's listening right now is that's the tools that we need to be mature when it comes to especially things that happened to us when, when we were children that we had no control over, right? Yep. And self-reflection. That's yep. a big aspect, right? I think that's how it started with me was the self-reflection. Yep. It's, I started because I was. I was very immature in my late teens right really who wasn't i know but it was a different like, come time on. it was a different time you had to you kids grow up takes them a lot longer than it did when i was growing up 
in at 20 years old i was yeah but you guys didn't really grow up properly what do you mean we didn't grow up yeah we you did. left home most of you guys in your generation left home just to get out of a shitty situation yes but we because you took weren't responsibility and we actually only relied on ourselves to provide for ourselves mm, no there's a there's another side to well, that i'm is, talking about some people myself. just expected somebody else and became codependent and I said, never, oh, this person's going to fix my life. So I'm just going to get married. Most of the people that I knew that my generation, it was you got married at a certain age, you had your family, and once you left your parents' home, you were on your own and you needed to take care of yourself. Well, was, you had to make good choices. Well, that's, that's what the quality of your life depends on, your ability to make good choices. Exactly. Consistent with what you want for yourself in spite of what happens to you mm-hmm. right so there were people who were thriving there were people who were surviving and there were people who were just victims yeah so which one are you right yep that's really what it all comes down to is how you persevere from every situation that we have exactly just learning learning is always and having faith yeah. And I do believe that everything happens for there's the right time for certain things to for you to learn certain things. Like sometimes it is what you're it just is. not ready. It's happening for a reason and you might not know it now, but even like everything that happened to me in my life, like it happened for a reason. I think being thankful to how yeah. things played out and being grateful. Yep. If there's one thing that you can do you know, whether you have a good situation, a bad situation, if you get up and just be grateful instead of, and, and I've done this where I like to do this, what you just sit there and you write 10 things that, that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you will not feel sorry. for Even yourself when you do it, that. when you go to bed or when you yeah. wake up, like those are the best times even randomly in the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you do. Cause that, that really, really does help. It really does. Like it kind of makes you wake up in a better mood mm-hmm. and it, it gives you more patience most of the time for certain situations like those mundane situations you know someone cutting you off or whatever yeah um someone being rude to you in a store those situations like it kind of helps you like kind of not laugh it off but also just think to yourself like oh man i wonder what they're going for you know mm-hmm. i wonder what they're going through it just helps you really put your life into perspective like I am fulfilled. I have everything that I mm-hmm. could want for and I'm grateful. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's check out the Goddess Guidance card of the day. Let's check it out. What's it saying today? Goddess Guidance card of the day. This card will reawaken the beauty, spirit, and power that already exists within you. If this message resonates with you, claim it, queen. Okay, so I seriously was thinking, oh, I'm going to do like two cards today. And then when I pulled out one card, two cards jumped out. So, And I just can't with how on point they are with everything. So the first card is, I remember, soul planned the faded life versus the destiny life. There was a moment before you were born when you chose the conditions of the life you're living right now. When you plotted out these exact moments along the timeline of your life. We live in a world of free will and therefore these moments became our destiny only through saying yes. Mm -hmm. Soul contracts, queen. 
The fated life is the one we were born into. The destiny life is the one our soul chooses, and it takes courage and faith. If you pull this card, it is likely you're face-to-face with the choice to follow the destiny life over the fated life. To trust your path your soul is calling you toward, and to remember that this moment was prearranged on your life's timeline. You may find yourself at a crossroads, at a moment when you're being called to make a decision, to keep walking the perfectly laid out path before you or choose the one less traveled. You may be facing a change of career, a new relationship, a difficult decision, or something else that requires courage and faith. You're being invited to remember your soul's greater plan and to surrender to it. When you're confronted with a path that's undefined, it's normal for doubt to rear its head. In fact, there's a certain sign that you're facing your soul's greater plan. Every hero in his or her life journey comes eye to eye with doubt. The only way around that is through it. It's all part of the larger plan. Wow. So like taking, you signed up for this. I don't, if you're into soul contracts, it's actually amazing. Look it up a little bit. But before you come into this world as a soul, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you literally make a contract and say, this is what I want to do. Yeah. It's so wild. It is And then the next one is Breath of the Cosmos. When we rely only on our own will, we're micromanaging the universe and resisting the natural flow of life. Mm-hmm. We're not trusting the mysterious breath of life. We are rejecting the great cosmic intelligence and relying instead on our own personal strength. When we do this, we find ourselves attempting to bend things to our will. We spend our time forcing, pushing, and living from a space of trying to. Everyone around us can feel it, and the universe can too. Mm-hmm. You're being called to stop micromanaging the universe and trust the breath of life, to surrender to the greater will that God has for you, to move from my will to thy will. When you surrender to the greater will of life, you begin dancing with the rest of life. When you bow to the great mystery and say, please use me, please show me the way, little by little, you find yourself living your most fulfilling, authentic life. When you surrender your personal will, when you relinquish control and release the way you think things should be and surrender to the greater will, you find yourself being led. You you begin breathing the breath of life. Wow. Wow, that resonated with me. Guys, put your trust in the universe. Like, the universe knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, the you like... Yes, shitty things happen to us. And yes, let's process them and let's feel them and let's acknowledge that they were not okay. But let's also put our faith in the universe that that happened. What is our greater purpose? Mm-hmm. What are we meant for? What? How can this help us? How can our entire journey help us in what we want to do our life's purpose? Okay, enjoy. I hope that resonated with you. Why are you almost crying? I know. I always <laughs> cry. That just resonated. Okay. We'll claim it, Queen. <laughs> I'm claiming it. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you heard something that you connected to today. And we want you to feel empowered after listening. So please let us know how we did by subscribing and writing a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. So don't be shy and leave us a review. Good or bad. We want it all. We want it all. And you can follow us on Instagram at spirituallywokepod or email us at spirituallywokepodcast at gmail.com. Wake us up, wake yourself up, and love yourself.